live on the telephone from R.W. Estella with a word in edgewise. Good morning, R.W. Good morning, Allison. Our moon today is at perigee, its nearest approach to Earth for the month. And Aldebaran, the eye of Taurus the bull, will be near the lower left of the moon at nightfall. Whether we here in Maine will be able to see the moon tonight is another matter. According to various forecasts, the storm bearing down on us now might be clearing out by late tonight, so that December's full moon, known variously as the cold moon, the long night moon, or the moon before Yule, just might be visible in all its supermoon nests at sunrise tomorrow, when we are forecast to have clear skies above a landscape newly blanketed in snow. The Geminid meteor shower is also expected to peak tomorrow, which brings us an additional display of light in this otherwise increasing darkness of 2016. Up until nine days from now, that is, when on the winter solstice, we begin moving the other way again, toward a daily decrease in darkness, at least astronomically. Today is the 347th of 2016. 19 days remain until the new year, a calendar shift bringing us a month that many a citizen awaits with trepidation. Cardoonist Adam Ziglis drew a frame this past week for the Buffalo News in which he divided the scene. On the left half, he drew about seven seven well-formed trees, replete with full canopies and an assortment of wildlife a raccoon, a rabbit, some squirrels, and birds to complete the suggested ambiance of nature in harmony. The right half of the frame also had some long vertical shapes, about seven of them, but they were factory smokestacks, belching hefty plumes of pollution, to which a bird had just succumbed, spiraling dead to the otherwise barren surrounding ground. At the bottom of the left-hand half of the frame was the word then, and at the bottom of the right-hand half of the frame was the word now. Spanning the tops of both halves was the phrase protected by the EPA, with the word protected in italics. A number of things simultaneously flashed through my mind when I saw the cartoon. About 18 years ago, my girlfriend and I worked on a cornucopia of Superfund cleanup projects in the San Francisco Bay Area. Several times a month, the environmental engineering firm that functioned as a liaison between the United States Navy and the local municipalities would send us to gatherings known as Restoration Advisory Meetings, or RAVs. There, we quickly learned to what extent the Environmental Protection Agency, or EPA, was not at all what most folks thought it was or might be. We learned that the EPA, by 1998, had become such a bureaucracy that it had a handbook in excess of 50 pages devoted single-spaced to nothing but acronyms of one sort or another. We learned that for the EPA, purity no longer existed. Local municipalities that were hoping to restore a given parcel of land back to a condition that existed before that parcel of land became heavily polluted by the U.S. Navy were hoping in vain because the EPA only dealt in degrees of contamination, in parts per million, PPM, or parts per billion, PPB, of contaminating particulate. If those standards could be somewhat approached, then the property was deemed safe for human habitation and use. We also learned that these gradients were constantly in flux, depending upon which scientific data the EPA
decided to accept. The other thing that Zyglis's cartoon immediately set loose in my mind was the idea of community forestry, an area of interest that has fascinated me for much of my life and will be the topic of an addition of a word in Edgewise sometime in the near future. Meanwhile, today is the 115th anniversary of Italian physicist Guglielmo Marconi's first successful radio transmission across the Atlantic Ocean from Cornwall, England to Newfoundland, Canada, transmitting the Morse code signal for the letter S. Now that's something to celebrate. Thank you, Signor Marconi. For more on Omain, here's to a great day. <laughs>